0: Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy.
2: Well, uh, they say it's Christmas, but I think this is the most wonderful Time of the year. Welcome, everybody. That's right, it's Kentucky Derby Week. If you're a handicapper, you're in heaven. Of course, the Churchill Downs will be run for the 142nd time at Churchill Downs on Saturday. But we've got action for the ladies the day before. Pretty much the girls' Derby, only going a mile and an eighth instead of a mile and a quarter, will be the Kentucky Oaks on Friday. I think. I've brought in uh, three outstanding handicappers uh, to help break it down for us. Uh, Dan Elman from the uh, Daily Racing Forum. Uh, He's also uh, been an author. Uh, He worked with Harvey Pack, and now he's the main man on DRF Live on the weekends. Hope you catch him. Then I go back to a sports writer, turf writer from Cleveland, Ohio, Bob Railbird Roberts, as most people know him, gave his selections out in the papers for years. He accepted a a buyout. And uh, in addition to being a multiple award-winning writer, uh, he likes to play in the handicapping contest, and I've seen him make a bet or two. And then, of course, the man I admire, he's a winning ponies staffer. Ed Meyer will be with us. Of course, he does the uh, odds-making and track announcing at Belterra Park, but he also likes to play in handicapping contests. So we're going to break down the big races with those guys and ask them some of their uh, biggest memories of uh, the Kentucky Derby, maybe the first one, their favorite one. Uh, So uh, looking forward to talking to those guys. Uh, Moving right along, we're going to have some fun here on Winning Ponies. All you got to do is come and visit the site. We're going to give you a chance for cash or a whole bunch of winning ponies points. That's right. We're having our annual Kentucky Derby Handicapping Contest. It costs nothing. Just log on to the website. First prize, we're going to put cash in your hands, $200. Second prize, 100 winning ponies points that you can use for the great products that we offer. Uh, The third spot, 75 points. Fourth, 20 points. 20 points. Fifth and sixth, you can advertise for us. We're going to give you a winning ponies t shirt, and if you come to the closest time, it's a winning ponies hat. So we want you to pick in the race kind of your superfecta in order one, two, three, four, and a final time as the point uh, breaker. Now, uh, Entries we will take until 6 o'clock Eastern time on Derby Day, and we do limit it to one entry per person to make it fair. So what you're going to want is some of those easy win forms we offer on Winning Ponies. Uh, We closed out Keeneland with a $2 pick six that paid $6,900, picked it up the next day at Churchill, a 50-cent pick five, paying $5,362. Of course, we give advice out across the country, and if you want to go to Cajun Country, Evangeline, hit a 50-cent Super High Five for 3077 and in warm and balmy Tampa Bay, a 50-cent Super Five, $3,056. Well, post positions have been drawn, and it's kind of interesting, uh, not too many complaints. You know, uh, I have to admit, um, uh, Patrick Gallagher won't agree with me, but... When the maiden drew the number one hole, I thought that's fair. I was so worried that Nyquist might draw the, the, the one, and uh, really take the advantage away from him. So uh, the, the maiden in the race, Trojan Nation, second in the Wood Memorial will get the rail next to him. Sudden breaking news at twenty to one. Creator, or so I'm going to put on my ticket, is listed at ten to one right now. Then you've got Mo Tom at twenty to one in the four spot. Gun Runner, I think, will be well backed. At ten to one, the five-hole, the sixth, fast closing. My man Sam, who's only won one career race, big close in the Bluegrass. Then you've got the uh, polytrack turf horse, Oscar nominated at fifty to one, longest shot in the field. The Japanese horse, who's been training kind of weirdly, Lanny, a successful son of Tappet, though. And then you've got uh, track records that are destined coming off a long layoff. Javier Castellano will be up on that 15-1 to shot from the 9-hole. Uh, Whitmore breaks from the 10-hole in the 11 highly touted exaggerator winner of the Santa Anita Derby that would be great first time ever brothers Kent DeSormo and Keith DeSormo would win the Kentucky Derby as a trainer and jockey the 12 is Tom's Ready 30 to 1 Nyquist the slight favorite at 3 to 1 in the daily racing form and then Mo Heyman at 10 to 1 outwork at 15 to 1 breaking from the 16 hole Shagaf 20 to 1 more spirit at 12 to 1 Gary Stevens will be up he knows how to get to the winner's circle in the Kentucky Derby long shot majesto at 30 to 1 breaks from the 18 hole fast closing Brody's cause who won the bluegrass drew post number 19 and then dancing candy going to have to use his speed and i'm sure Mike Smith will breaking from the outside number 20 hole so that's a look at the kentucky derby field uh with their odds if time allows we'll go back and take a look at uh, the oaks don't forget now the oaks is going to be run uh tomorrow uh, eastern time they're looking at five forty nine. should everything go okay and you can get that race on nbc sports network um <clears throat> just want to give a shout out to uh Dr. Uh, Harvey Diamond, who we had on a couple of weeks ago with the big hoss, uh, he put together a, a derby party and auction called uh, For Second Stride uh, down in Louisville at Molly Malone's. I was proud to be part of a board uh, that uh, included uh, Gary Palmisano, uh, Daily Racing Forum's Byron King, who we had on the show last week, uh, the well-known Caten Braider, and that uh, was hosted by Jenny Reese. As, as I stated, uh, that uh, if this was a majestic buffet dinner, I would have been the parsley there. But they did have a great silent auction. So many people uh, pitched in. And uh, the, the items were just fantastic. So some of the halters were unbelievable, of course, uh, including a California chrome uh, and an American pharaoh halter, among others. Uh, Dale Romans brought up uh, Brody's cause. Uh, Doug O'Neill and his whole team were there front and center. Dale Romans was there. We had fun with those guys going back and forth, uh, jabbing each other a little bit both wishing each other a great second-place finish. Uh, trainers Buff Bradley were there, Steve Margolis, uh, uh, it was just uh, Jean Cruguet. There were just all kinds of great uh, jockeys, trainers, horse people, horse lovers, and they reached into their jeans and pulled out their greens, raised over $30,000, Again, for second stride, it benefits retired racehorses. So uh, thanks again to Dr. Harvey Diamond for putting that together and for inviting this guy from Winning Ponies down to be a part of it. Well, a lot of people are going to be rooting uh, for uh, Brody's cause because of the fact that Dennis and Susan Albaugh announced that should he win, the Kentucky Derby, they will donate their share of the purse, $500,000, to the Des Moines Area College Foundation. He made that announcement during their 50th anniversary gala held at Prairie Meadows. So uh, very magnanimous of them uh, to, to do that. Uh, of course, Brody's cause could be sitting on a win. It looks like he's going uh, in the right direction right now, going to need a little speed up front, but it was, certainly wouldn't be a surprise. He's playing on his home court there for uh, Dale Romans. Well, uh, we will take a look at uh, some race results before we get a chance to get on with the, uh, with Dan Illman, uh, resulting of Jockey Guild Jockey of the Week. That was Edgar Prado, who had a fantastic week. And, uh... When we talk about race results, we'll talk about pretty recent ones. One that happened this afternoon at Churchill Downs. Silver Tony won the Kentucky Juvenile, fought back along the rail after being headed at the 316th pole, and won the 23rd running. This horse, trained by Wesley Ward, ridden by Jose Valdivia Jr., uh, covered the five furlongs on a fast track in 58 and 3. It's the second victory for Ward. He certainly knows how to get, get the, the two-year-olds ready. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Valdivia put Silver Tony on the lead, opened a daylight margin. Like I said, he got headed but came back. Uh, she's a Kentucky-bred daughter of Tappet, so certainly a, a nice future there. <clears throat> Returned $13, $4.60, and $3. Well, again, we had uh, you know, Byron King. On the show last week, he helped us out with some of his selections. And let's take a quick peek. Uh, again, on Friday, was closing a Keeneland. It's not often you see in a mile and a half turf race a horse go wire to wire, but it did happen with Aurora, a German bred trained by Chad Brown. As we noted on the show last week, this horse had the lone speed, got the job done paying $860, holding off a late rally by Al's Gale. So wire-to-wire, mile-and-a-half on the turf, that's tough to do. We had another just-lasted wire-to-wire race in the Miami Mile, the grade three. It was a lightly race. Smoke 'em kitten uh, took the blinkers off, set a new track record in its last race before this, and went wire-to-wire wire in the Miami Mile, uh, just holding off Middleburg, who, quite honestly, was my selection in the race. Uh, then uh, opening day at Churchill Downs, I'm sure I'm going to pronounce this hockey player's name wrong, Toes on ice, I think it is. Anyhow, Bob Baffert, this could be his new golden sense, decided that distance isn't the way to go with him, and back to sprints, got the job done over entertainer Sheik of Sheiks, so a Wesley Ward-trained finished third, and out at Golden Gate Fields, it was a 3 Horse photo in the San Francisco mile. Getting the top spot was Alert Bay uh, over the 13-horse Gabriel Charles and the favorite Bal a Bally. Alright, that's a look at last week. Well, let's get to the future. Let's get to Dan Ilman. He's been nice enough to join us. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on Winning Ponies. <laughs> Kickoff is a beauty. It's a
3: fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. he shot. got it But 2.8 seconds and left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one
2: is out of here.
0: From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything.
2: cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
1: And they're off.
0: What?
1: America Sports.
0: You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John
2: Englehart. All right, and back with me, one of my favorite guests. I know I might go to the well too much, but he's always genuine and saying, John, feel free to give me a call. If you go up on the Daily Racing Form site, especially around weekend times, uh, you'll be seeing previews, reviews, and live coverage of the racing on DRF Live. His name is Dan Illman. Done a little bit about everything there. Uh, host of the Daily Racing Form News Desk. Uh, he, he's an author. Uh, what Harvey Pack was to my generation, I think Dan Illman is to, to the next. Dan, welcome to the show.
4: Uh, it's always great talking to you, John, especially before... A great event like the Kentucky Derby is uh, certainly a fantastic race once again this year. It is, you know, and uh,
2: guys that have a passion for the sport like that, uh, uh, like yourself, um, go
4: back in time. Answer me this. What's the first
2: derby you remember or the first derby you attended?
4: First Derby, I remember, I would have to say, you know, and this is when I was a very, very small child, but I do remember watching at my grandmother's house with my great uncle and my father watching Affirmed win the Derby in 78. And the first Derby I went to, that was a long time after that. It was Smarty Jones. I was working at the Daily Racing Forum. I remember this gigantic monsoon right in between the Turf Classic and and the Derby, which stranded me in the infield, and I didn't see a horse all day, and I bet Lionheart to boot. That was a disastrous (laughs) Derby for me.
2: Well, I remember, I, I believe the tunnel got flooded from the monsoon, the and people really
4: couldn't get back and forth. Down. It went was, it down. Was, I was all wet after that race. I, we were huddled under a tent watching the, uh, the derby in the, one of the corporate areas in the infield. I remember Lionheart uh, you know, scooted clear for a second, and I was thinking, boy, he's, he's on his way, and Smarty Jones was just too much racehorse for him. But uh, other than the wet weather, it was a tremendous experience, the derby. I can only imagine 170,000 people there on Saturday.
2: Well, uh, it it will be interesting, and it looks like the weather report's going to be awfully good, so the, the place will be packed. What I like about racing and the Kentucky Derby, Dan, is unlike the Super Bowl and the World Series and the Stanley Cup, you can always get in. You can always get a ticket. You know, you may not have a place to sit down,
4: but it's open to everybody. I think that's a fantastic part of the Derby is it's come one, come all. And it's a participation sport for the fan. I mean, you've got some great equine and human athletes, of course, on the track, but if you're smarter than your friend that you take to the track or the rest of the betting public and you decipher the puzzle that's available to everybody, you can walk away with, uh, with a lot of money and you can pay for the price of admission and then some.
2: Well, listen, be- before we get on to the Oaks uh, that- that's going to be run on Friday, uh, Eastern Time, they're talking about uh, 549 if all goes well. Um, Great place to be is on DRF Live. You're not going to get a whole lot of sleep the next couple of days.
4: Now it's going to be really busy, to be sure. Um, I'll be on with Matt Bernier and Mike Beer beginning 1 o'clock Eastern, live.drf.com, and we'll be handicapping. Uh, We won't be talking about silly hats, unfortunately, but we will be handicapping from 1 o'clock all the way through the Kentucky Oaks on Friday. And, of course, on Saturday, we'll begin again 1 p.m. Eastern, right before the Graded Stakes portion of the card, taking you through the Kentucky Derby. We'll have uh, a lot of videos from uh, all of our great handicappers in the field with their analysis, their various takes, pace, pedigree, etc., on the Derby. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, if you could join us, we'd really appreciate it. Live.drf.com, Friday and Saturday, beginning 1 o'clock Eastern.
2: I've always told everybody it's just like being in a press box with some of the, the, the best handicappers in the world. Well, uh, let's talk about the Kentucky Oaks. Obviously, this race took on a whole different shape, and it certainly drew a whole lot more entrance uh, when uh, Songbird came down with, with her uh let's just say flu for lack of a better word, uh, not being a veterinarian, so the door opens for Kentucky Oaks, and all of a sudden, some horses that were going to go one way went the other. Now, uh, I'll ask you your selections. There's several horses that I've got to see personally. Uh, Weep No More was was awesome in the, in the Ashland, and I've been watching over Sea Trade, uh, Catherine Sophia may have distance limitations. The, the, the horse I'm really interested in that I think is everybody likes to say the word value is Lewis Bay. Now, you've got to see this horse run. Four of its five lifetime starts. Uh, is this uh, daughter, Bernardini, who's trained by Chad Brown, pretty impressive?
4: Oh, I think she's uh, very impressive because she has stamina. It could all come down to stamina in the Kentucky Oaks. I mean, we always talk about the Derby being a true distance test. Three-year-olds have never gone a mile and a quarter before and very likely will never go a mile and a quarter again for most of them. In the Kentucky Oaks, a mile and an eighth is a foreign distance for most of these horses. Well, foreign except For Lewis Bay. She's tried it twice. She's won twice. She will stay all day long. And in the Gazelle last time out, I like the way that she showed a lot more tactical ability. She was closer to the pace than she was in some of her previous efforts. She's still a little bit green in the stretch. And this is going to be a big step up in class for her because the New York based uh, Phillies this year, not as good as the ones we saw at Keeneland or maybe down in South Florida. But I think if you are looking for kind of a value play, nothing wrong with Lewis Bay. You're getting a great rider in a Rad Ortiz, a fantastic trainer in Chad Brown, and you know you're going to stay the trip.
2: Well, uh, with, with that said, that she's stepping up, Who she's stepping up against? Who do you think the main competition's going to be for? Well,
4: I think Rachel's Valentina's is the horse to beat. The problem is because of her beautiful pedigree, she's a daughter of Kentucky Oaks winner and the extremely popular, soon-to-be Hall of Famer Rachel Alexandra. She's going to take a lot of money, but I think Todd's managed this just right. She was no match for Songbird and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. There's no disgrace there. The plan's been the Kentucky Oaks. He got a race and tour in the Ashland. I thought it was a good race. If you recall, that race on paper, there were the big three. It was Rachel's Valentina there was Catherine Sophia and there was Karina Mia who we'll see in the eight bell stakes on Kentucky Derby weekend uh, and they went at it early and often because they realized heck who's going to come from the back little did they know we've no more would get them late I really like the way Rachel's Valentina ran she was in between horses very game down towards the inside in the stretch a really nice prep race the fastest race she's ever run I just think a great trip is coming she's going to sit right off pale Queen. there's no reason to think that she won't get the mile in an eighth I wish I could be a little bit more clever but i like rachel's valentina
2: <laughs> well i again i'm a huge songbird fan so i i, I kind of like the two phillies that ran behind her in a land over sea and uh mo cat who seems to be waking up i've been watching her train recently and uh she, she just is know a, a picture of health down there at keeneland and of course should there be a contested uh pace weep no more. I'm telling you, Dan, this horse came from another zip code in the Ashland Stakes.
4: Oh, kidding. no, and Rusty Arnold's a fantastic trainer that probably doesn't get the national credit that he deserves, and he's managed this horse beautifully. She's always won wanted distance as a daughter of mine, Shaff ran her once as a two-year-old, sprinting, uh, really didn't get much out of her other than a nice educational effort, and since stretching her out, you've just noticed the improvement from race to race to race, and you're right, if there is a hot pace up front, she's Seems like the strongest deep closer. She's my second pick.
2: Great. Well, listen, let's move on to the big one, Dan, because I only got you for about seven more minutes tops. Um, The uh, mile-and-a-quarter Kentucky Derby. Uh, Obviously, the horse with the target on its back is Nyquist, and why not? This horse comes into the race as a champion, undefeated. Uh, No horse has ever come into the Kentucky Derby with as many earnings. Uh, People are still, you know, try and find reasons to knock him the connections that uh, won the Kentucky Derby back in 2012 uh certainly he seems like the one to beat but let's face it sometimes it's the now horse and a lot of horses uh had nice preps coming into this race i'm wondering who you were most impressed with
4: i liked the exaggerator's race and i know a lot of folks can poke holes in it john because it was a sloppy track and like many Actually, all of the final prep races, the major ones, the Bluegrass, the Arkansas Derby, the Wood Memorial, the Santa Anita Derby, fast early, slow late. He had a pace collapse that benefited closers. So Exaggerator had the run of the race, had the sloppy track, perhaps, that he likes. So why do I like Exaggerator in here? because of his overall consistency. He's a blue-collar, lunch-pail horse that shows up each and every time. And if, even if you strip the Sandy Derby away from his past performances, you see a horse capable of running figures, fire speed figures in the high 90s. He's just a hard hitter. He's going to show up. I don't like this new strategy of taking him all the way back to last and making one run, especially in a race like this year's Derby where there doesn't appear to be a ton of pace other than uh, Danzig, Candy, and Outwork, but I just love this horse's consistency. Again, he's a blue-collar horse, and he's going to be my top pick in here, but boy, this race just seems like spread all over, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it, it does, and, and with that said, Dan Ilman, I'd like to know, um, you're going to have an extra $2 in your pocket. Who's your live long shot in here?
4: Oh, I'd say Sudden Breaking News, the number two. Uh, I I really like this horse. He is truly a one-run closer as well, but his three races at Oakland were explosive. His Southwest, he just came from well out of it with a giant run. He would have been closer in the Rebel, but he was shuffled back at a very key juncture on the far turn. And last time out in the Arkansas Derby, the winner creator was able to sneak on through the rail down towards the inside. Sudden Breaking News had to go the long way around. I just need him to be a little bit... Closer to the pace, but he's 20 to 1 on the morning line, and he really kicks like a mule, and he's got that strong route pedigree as well. He'd be my live long shot, kind of my live middle priced horse is more spirit. Don't forget about him. Excuses in his last two races, wet track last time. Time before that, he missed a key workout before that race. He might have been a short horse.
2: Well, I do notice that a lot of your uh, compatriots at the daily racing form uh, are pick in more spirit, not necessarily on top, but they're in all the conversations of a a lot of the the daily racing form uh, handicappers, for sure. Um, As far as uh, Mo Heyman, is he the forgotten horse?
4: He certainly is. I was talking about it on my blog on DRF.com in our Race of the Day segment on the website. Isn't it amazing that going into his last race... He'd done everything right, undefeated, one at six furlongs, one at a mile and an eighth, one on the lead, one from off the pace, one at three different tracks, and was widely considered the best three-year-old in the country, Nyquist or no Nyquist. One bad race over a wet track to boot that maybe he didn't like, and he is just the forgotten horse in this race. If, you're, if you were on Nyquist in, in February, you thought he was the best three-year-old in the country, I think you're kind of supposed to take 15-to-1 on him in the derby.
2: Absolutely. Well, like you said, uh, it, it, it's going to be an interesting jockey's race because I don't think Mike Smith, breaking from the 20 hole, uh, has any choice but to try to get around the other 19 horses to try to save some ground and, and get some position. It, it seems to me that, that both Nyquist and a uh, horse we haven't discussed yet, Gunrunner, uh, have the talent and the ability to kind of maybe. Just sit off the lead, which, as you know, more often than not, tends to win a derby if you're, if you're leading. When the stretch straightens out for home, those two horses look like they're, they could easily be in the right spot. Is there anybody else that you think is going to go with Dancing Candy that could soften up some horses?
4: Well, I think Outwork will be close. I don't see a big speed duel. I think Dance and Candy's going to break, as you say. Mike Smith's going to leave, try to get as close to the rail as possible and drop the anchor. I think Outwork will be close. I think you're absolutely right that Nyquist, with his running style, will be right there. And Gunrunner, his running style reminds me a lot of Funny Side. He's got a great tactical gear. And breaking from post-position five with four deep closers to his inside, it allows right. him to get forward and able to save ground. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an prime pocket position one more time. The question with him is, is he good enough?
2: Well, we'll find out. Uh, it's been a while, I believe, since uh, the, the males have come out of the fairgrounds and made a large impact on the uh, Kentucky Derby, although the females seem to do very well in the Oaks, so we will find out. I do know that Florenta Giroux is in a groove right now, and you mentioned a Hall of Famer earlier with Rachel Alexander. Steve Asmussen is going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. This could be his year. He's, he's got the, the uh, shotgun, both barrels loaded.
4: Certainly does, and both seem to be now horses. Gunrunner really has done nothing wrong. He's undefeated on fast-going. Creator might be Figuring it out at the right time for and This is a horse that was a low price disappointment in his first few races. They got him over to Oaklawn Park, and bang, he came with a run in each and every one of his races. He's read to run all day long, but he's another in a long line of horses in this race, coming out of fast, early, slow, late performances that might have flattered the closers.
2: Well, Dan Illman, I can't thank you enough for t- taking the time out on the eve of the Kentucky Oaks to be with us on Winning Ponies. One more time, what are we going to see over the next 48 hours on DRF Live?
4: Again, Friday and Saturday afternoon, beginning 1 o'clock, live.drf.com. We'll have uh, video previews live. Myself, Mike Beer, Matt Bernier. Uh, we'll be going over all the handicapping angles for the graded stakes races, extensive talks on the Oaks and Derby as well.
2: Well, that is a strong trifecta of handicappers, and I will have my computer turned on. Dan Illman, thanks so much for joining us
4: again. I greatly appreciate it. Always a pleasure, John. Best of luck to everybody in the Derby.
2: Have a great weekend. Okay, we've been talking with Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. Now we're going to go to a guy for years who cut his teeth at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and right now he's just out there Amongst us, that's right, going to the window and playing in a handicapping contest. I'm talking about Bob Railbird Roberts. He's going to join us next, you're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred.
0: I just, I just
2: think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. He... <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports.
1: And they're off.
0: What? Can't make it to the track?
2: All right, and with me, Bob Railbird Roberts is coming up. As I said, for many years uh, he worked for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Uh, Bob and I were columnists for the Ohio Thoroughbred uh, Breeders and Owners Magazine for years. Matter of fact, we co-hosted the awards banquet a little over a month ago. Uh, Known him for many, many years. A great guy, a fun guy, a humorous guy, and a pretty damn good handicapper. Bob Roberts, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm trying to get Derby
3: fever, but it's a little cold in Cleveland tonight.
2: Whoa, you're not kidding. We had a VIP party. I was with Perry Utes uh, and his wife, Tony, last night. We about froze our fingers off. It was uh, yeah. unbelievable. Well, you know, something that kind of went under the radar, and I know that you know these people, uh, is that just the other other day, Deshaun Parker wrote his 5,000th winner. Uh, his uh, a- agent, Billy, Billy Johnson, a- has been on. Of course, I know that you know his dad, Daryl Parker. Uh, sure. They are class actors, no doubt about it. I, I wish it would have got a little more headlines. He deserves it. Well,
3: you read my mind. He's really, I mean, he's really underappreciated. I tried to sell a, an article on him. If you go back in the records, he's the first black jockey to win a championship in the United States since the Civil War. I don't think this kid has got his just due here. It's just, it's not right. He should be, I even try to put a B in the bonnet of the uh, NRT, uh, the uh, TRA. You know, they always invite the uh, Eclipse award-winning jockey. It's usually a guy with the biggest first monies, like Castellano, rightly deserved. But how about inviting the guy that wins the most races, too? He worked pretty hard to get that title.
2: Seriously, guys like the Russell Bays, uh, uh, Perry Oudes. I mean, right. guys like this need to be right. Mario Pino. You know, uh, these Gall, guys are still riding.
3: David Gall? Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. yeah. And, right. uh, I know. Right now, it's I a met Thursday a woman last week that has, has approached uh, the uh, the Hall of Fame, and she's trying to get a grassroots program going to get uh, Perry Utes on on the nomination ballot. Right. She's like, "How well, can nobody recognize them?" He, 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 I think, I believe he's had more winners than like seventy percent of the top ten guys in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, look at the guy that uh, won all those races at uh, old Waterford Park. Well the winniest trainer in horse racing is not in all Yeah, Baird.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Deshaun Parker wrote his wrote his big one when 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 he went That's out right. on top. I got an autograph yeah. copy.
4: There well it's about going to get everybody. back to you to
2: gr- Great week here. It's exciting no matter where you are. I'm sure you've probably been involved in some handicapping panels uh, up there in the northeast portion of the state. I want to go back in time, though. This could be going far back. But anyhow, uh-huh. what's the first Kentucky Derby you either remember or that you attended? You won't believe it.
3: My first Kentucky Derby, I was at a small paper, suburban paper in Cleveland, how I taught circulation 20,000. I talked to in to let me cover the Derby. I was at Secretariat's Derby. That was my first Derby.
2: Not too bad. Not too bad. You lucked out going to <laughs> 1973. Yes, pretty good. I started darn good. with
3: Secretariat, and my last Derby as a reporter was the Barboro. So that's a pretty good run.
2: Seriously, great, yeah. great
3: bookends.
2: And yeah. uh, one more
3: question, whether you were
2: there to watch it or you watched it on, on television or you made your best bet, what's your favorite Kentucky Derby of all time?
3: Well, you know, as a better, I had to see Hero on top when when Mellon won. Uh, I really enjoyed Seattle Slough. He was like my all time favorite horse. I I enjoyed watching him win the Derby. That was a good one. If somebody cornered me, I'd say the same thing. Because
2: do you remember how they tried to put him in a pocket early and eliminate him? And he just busted through and said, No, (laughs) Kungay said, I'm not letting you do this. And he got out of that pocket. That was a great ride.
3: Yes, I I enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed Barbaro, too, even though I, I knew it was going to be my last derby as a reporter, but I enjoyed that. That was a great story with Michael Matz and everything. That was another good one. And then, of course, the tragedy in Baltimore, but uh, he could have been a great, great horse, but we'll never know. We'll never know. No,
2: I, I was there on the finish line. It was a fantastic race. Well, yeah. uh, again, as I spoke with Dan Hellman from the Racing Forum earlier, with the defection of uh, the Superstar Songbird, Uh, We've got a full starting gate for the the Kentucky Oaks, and uh, there's some interesting angles in here. Who does Bob Roberts likes in the Oaks? I'm a
3: big workout guy. I mean, obviously I want a horse with good form, but the 12-horse, Catherine Sophia, had a huge work on April 23rd at Keeneland. She worked five furlongs in in 59 and 3, and I know the, the racing form clockers were drooling over the move. She even galloped out six furlongs in In twelve and two, she only lost once. That was the Ashland, and a you know a three horse photo there. So I'm I'm putting my money on uh, Catherine Sophia, the twelve horse.
2: Yeah, and that was really a uh, hotly contested race. Right. Uh, because of the top three that, that were that were in there as far as the uh, the standouts and the one that got all the the attention uh, uh, Rachel's Valentina it, it did set it up though for one of the most sweeping moves I ever saw live in my life Weep No More was in another zip code when she finally picked up the bit and hey it would be, be kind of cool for somebody that flies under the radar uh, not in Kentucky but other places like George Rusty Arnold to, to bring down such a big win and uh, Jack Bohannon, his uh, assistant trainer now, was was a trainer in Ohio back in the days when we were writing about Ohio
3: breads. I was just about to say, didn't George train Leprechauns Wish an Ohio champion? Yes, it he did. did. Yeah, right. He did. Oh, yes. I yeah, think you t- guys t- like that. Win.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it it would
3: it, it would it, w- it would be good. So um,
2: so Bob Roberts is looking at Catherine Sophia. I I really liked her. I was at the Ashland. Um, it, w- it was a highly contested pace. Here's a horse that uh, has been favored every single race of her career. Uh, Castellano gets back on up for John's service. Uh, of course, he's a guy that knows how to win a big race himself. Um, oh, yeah. it, it, it will be interesting, though. Uh, I, I didn't know if she had distance limitations. I, I As I told Dan Ellman, I kind of like the, the, the horse's that have been racing behind Songbird. I mean, let's face yeah. it, you've watched her races. She's oh. never got out of workout mode. We don't have no, no idea right. what she could do. So, right. I, mean, I I'm kind of leaning towards the land over out, sea, yeah. and I think might get some odds on that Mo Cat. am certainly not saying uh, that I, I wouldn't put her in with Catherine Sophia, but uh, because of the, the gate opened up so much after Songbird's defection, this is a pretty wide-open race.
3: Yeah, who says weep no more is not going to come swooping at him again? You never know.
2: Right, right. She certainly showed that as a you know that uh, as a uh, granddaughter of AP Indy, she's got a problem with distance. So it right. it, it certainly could happen. Well, Bob, let's move on to uh, the big one—the run for the roses on Saturday. They're talking about six thirty four post time, if all goes well. Weather's supposed to be good, so let's good. expect a fast track. At least that's how I'm going to handicap it. Now, let me ask you a question before I get to your uh, selections. Um, what do you think was the best derby prep this year?
3: Boy, you know, too bad the Santa Anita Derby was run on a sloppy track because uh, that move that Exaggerator made in that race was uh, breathtaking when he swooped them. Uh, that, well, that, that one I said, was impressive.
2: I, you know, I, I said that too, but it's funny. I've been reading a lot of guys, which I, I try to do. A lot of people say, you know, they did a whole trackist study on the whole thing they're saying. He wasn't going that fast. The speed was just coming apart,
3: and it made it look like he was going that fast. Well, yeah, I don't know. A, that ju- judging times is so hard. I mean, I, you know, I hear people saying that this race doesn't have enough speed. I, I think it's got enough speed. My goodness. I mean, how many speed horses do you want in the race? I mean, uh, Outwork's got speed, and... Uh, and uh, where do you think Nyquist is going to be? He's going to be banging away and dancing candy. There's plenty of speed in this race. And, hey, if someone scratches uh, before, well, when scratch time? for Tomorrow morning? Someone, you know, gets a puffy ankle and, and the 21 horse gets in, which is Leo Band. there's another speed horse. So I think there'll be enough pace in the race. I'm not going to worry about speed.
2: And, and I like that, and, and we need it. Uh, it's amazing. There's a lot of horses in here that need it because there are some stone friggin' stretch runners in here. <laughs> I mean, creative. Yes, cre- it had a huge wake-up call, you know, just at the right time. I was there to watch Brody's cause. Uh, that was scintillating, and he, he moved a little bit early, and Dale Romans is really high on him. He's like, look, we don't have to be way back in the pack. This, this horse has more acceleration than you think, and especially in a 20-horse field, we, we could press the button a, a little bit better. I mean, th- those, those two horses, an exaggerator, uh, could absolutely come from out of the clouds uh, if, if there is Contested pace up front, and right. the, the horse uh, that we talk about, who may be the forgotten horse, is Mohamed may very well be part right. of that pace scenario.
3: Well, I guess he hasn't been. I, I watched a lot of workouts on uh, YouTube. He he's uh, he hasn't been behaving. He hasn't been that well of a student this week down there. I guess throwing his head all over the place. But the Plain Dealer uh, doesn't cover racing too much. But they call me uh, this weekend says would you write us a column and handicap the race for him? So I just sent the story in a couple of hours ago and I gave him my uh, one, two, three, four picks and you hit on the horse that I put on top I watched all these tapes and I'm putting I put Brody's cause on top I like Brody's cause, I know this horse is always going to come running at the end He's always comes running if you look at his form John, he's only had one bad race, the Tampa race and nobody can seem to explain what happened in the Tampa Bay Derby and his only other bad race was a grass race at Ellis Park in his debut last summer, so throw that out. So he's really only had one bad race.
2: And uh, I'll tell you what, I watched him go the other day uh, down uh, at at Churchill. Uh, He Mm -hmm. he looks great. Um, I will say Dale Romans could just be his personality, but he is exuding confidence uh, with this horse. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just feel like Nyquist is the one to beat, but I've got several horses that I'm going to flip-flop with him. I'm going to key him on top with at least four horses, maybe five. But certainly one of those horses that I'm going to flip-flop him with is going to be Brody's cause. I was extremely impressed with this bluegrass. The best thing Keeneland's done in
3: the last couple of years is there. put that dirt back on there. Exactly. And, uh, Aren't you worried about Nyquist? Do you think Nyquist is a mile and a mile-and-a-quarter a mile horse? That's my concern about him.
2: That's everybody's concern because nobody knows about Uncle Mo, but Uncle right. Mo never had the chance to go a mile and a quarter. What right. I like about Nyquist is he, he's you know he's never been beat, right. and when he puts on that 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 move, it, you know if he does it at the right time and gets gets a nice ride,
3: um, he might right. just
2: be right far enough in front of these uh, horses that they they can't catch him in that last sixteenth.
3: Well, it's, I put him third. And the horse I put second was Exaggerator because. Is he a mud horse or, I mean, is he a wet track horse or is he just a good race horse? He scares me. I put him second. And uh, for, as far as breeding goes, the horse I put fourth and I'm going to play super, you know what the average super effective payoff is in the uh, Kentucky Derby the last 20 years? $88,000. <laughs> for a dollar, John. For a dollar. So well, i got to play some super, I put creator for it. You give him a I, shot? I, I... I like him. I, his last race was
2: scintillating, and he's one of those other four horses uh, that I'm putting in with Nyquist. Well, Bob Roberts, uh, my producer's uh, tapping on the window, telling me, I've got to get the heck out of here. Um, right. Where are you going to be watching the race?
3: I will be at Thistledown or Northfield or both. I may just, ju- plenty of time between races. You can go back and forth and fill the canteens or go to the ATM for more money. That's where I'll be. <laughs> Up, and Up and down Northfield Road between the two tracks.
2: Well, I hope you're going to the cashier's window to get your mon- money and not the you're ATM, too. Bob. You're too, John. All right. Thanks a million. We've uh, been talking with Bob Railbird Roberts, an award-winning writer, great handicapper, good guy. I call him Bobby Sunshine. He's a ray of sun. <laughs> if You catch him on the right day. Anyhow, we're going to take a little bit of a break. and we come back, we're going to talk to the man that I admire. That's right, the one and only Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Kickoff is a beauty. It's a
3: fly ball deep right field. thought goes O'Neill. He's out the... shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds He's left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
0: From high school to the pros. We,
2: <laughs> we, cover everything. we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
0: And they're off. What?
2: All right, and with me now, the former host of this show and a current writer on WinningPonies dot com, the one, the only Ed Meyer. I could run down the list of things he's done, but uh, this is a one hour show, and I don't have enough time. But nonetheless, welcome back, my man, Steady Eddie Meyer. How you doing, my friend?
1: john it's always great to hear your voice and and, you know if you're looking for my accomplishments you can always find them in the post office next to my photo
2: (laughs) i won't i won't make that call i i I, I promise you that and,
1: and you know and how dare you how dare you put me behind bob roberts one of the best handicappers in ohio and any other state you know what it's like following frank sinatra i've got no chance (laughs)
2: <laughs> you'll do just fine, man. Look down in the sand. I know you only see one set of footprints, but I got you, brother.
1: All right. Then I'm in good hands.
2: All right. Well, listen, I, I've asked, uh, you know, Dan Ilman and Bob Roberts uh, a couple of lead questions. I feel like, Alec Trebek, you know, before you really start the show, uh, with us, uh, Ed Meyer, he's an odds maker and a track announcer from Northern Kentucky, currently working at Terrace Park. Uh, Ed, I uh, want to know a little bit about you, Ed, let me ask you this question. What was the first derby you remember seeing and the first derby you attended, whether or not they were one and the same?
1: They were actually not one and the same. The one that I actually remember was was Secretariat. That, now that's going back to really kind of knowing what was happening on TV versus which baseball team was out there first. The first one I ever really attended was I was lucky enough to actually do a radio show with Turfway Park up in the old press box, which was a magnificent. It was it was the seed of plenty. It, it, there couldn't have been a better spot in the world, John. But uh, I have to tell you, I had so many beers that day, and I I couldn't remember actually who won the Derby that year. But I had the best time. But, uh, <laughs> all, all kidding aside, I, I, the 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 first real Derby that I that I really sunk my teeth into was Smarty Jones.
2: Uh, let's party with Smarty. Well, then I was going to ask you: Is it one of the same? Was that your favorite Kentucky Derby?
1: No, it, it, I'm going to go back to, uh, to watching. Uh, it, it's it's probably going to not sit sit you know in a lot of people's favorite uh, wheelhouse. Uh, uh, a horse by the name of Cowboy uh, King in 1966. Now I go back. I believe Don Brumfield rode and it diapers, kind of holds a special spot in my heart because that was the year I was born.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, that that's more like it. I, I, I know my favorite uh, w- w- was uh, Spenderbuck, because I got to know the connections personally when they won uh, the cradle stakes at River Downs. Uh, uh, Dennis Diaz and Cam Gambolotti, they were great guys. They even came back to the cradle the next year and gave the trophy out, even though they didn't have a horse in. So it was really neat, you know, this shooting this horse on the backstretch of River Downs, and he jumps up and w- wins the the Derby Preakness, and then foregoes the Belmont to get a million dollar bonus, but nonetheless, uh it, it was great. I also had the Exact with him and Stefan's Odyssey, which uh wasn't too bad if you know what I mean.
1: Those were some magical years of River Downs, John, uh, Spendabuck, the Cherry Hill Mile. Uh, I, I believe uh, you know we were chatting about this last week about speed and how fast they were actually going. It's hard to believe that it, it seems like it happened 15 minutes ago, watching Spendabuck thunder down underneath the famed twin spires. But th- those were magical times, and it, especially to have that happen in the cradle stakes, that was quite a springboard for Little River Downs.
2: Well, what's going to happen here in about 18 hours is the Kentucky Oaks. They call it the Derby for Phillies. A mile and an eighth. We got about uh, six minutes to address both races. So I've got to admit, I did some homework. I had a feeling that uh, somehow you like this Lewis Bay. I went back and looked at it. Dan Illman was impressed with the stamina of this horse because a mile and an eighth, this time of year, three-year-old Phillies, she's two for two.
1: I think Dan touches on the, the electric point in my heart. Two for two. Now, if you actually go through the entire field, there's not too many times that you're going to see two races at a mile and an eighth, much less two starts and two wins. And one of them came at two years old. Uh, she was, this is a nice daughter, Bernadini John. I, I believe that stamina is all around. I ran Ortiz for Chad Brown, uh, both up and coming, uh, Real gunslingers, uh, I rad, uh, and Chad Brown both hailing from New York. Chad Brown come under the tutelage of Bobby Frankel. I can't say enough about Lewis Bay. If I could, if I could lock it in at eight to one, I, I would jump, uh, jump right now. Third off a layoff, one of my greatest favorite angles at uh, winning twenty four percent with the uh, with the connections of Chad Brown. I am ultra impressed by this man. I, I can't cannot wait to see what the future holds. But that last race at a mile and an eighth, I feel that they they haven't found the bottom of this filly yet, and I sure hope that uh, Oaks Day actually uh, you know kind of enlightens us a little bit. But right underneath her, if I may. I'd like to use Rachel's Valentina, John Velasquez, second start off a of layoff, and a little price horse on the outside. The 14 taxable, 20-to-1 Mike Moneyman-Smith for a fellow by the name of Steve Asmussen who had a pretty good meet at Oakland Park.
2: Absolutely. Well, we got to add the uh, chiming in on the Oaks. Don't forget, on these days, Oaks and Derby, so much money's bet in. You're going to get value no matter who you go with. Uh, probably the reason why I- I'm going to uh, go with a horse by the name of Nyquist, you've probably heard of him, because everybody else is looking for a reason to beat him. Nobody's done it yet, and he's listed 3-1 to one in the morning line. I think you may well get that or more in the Derby. Give me your uh, overview of the greatest two minutes in sports.
1: I think Nyquist is something very special uh, to say that is uh, makes me officially master of the obvious. I caught the the end part of your show when actually Bob Roberts made mention about Nyquist, and you know why would you stay away well for me, I'm not much of a you know a superstitious player, but it, it's been since two thousand and eight and Big Brown that we haven't had an undefeated horse come in and march in and win the derby you know. If Nyquist wins, he's going to have to do it without me. I'll be happy for the game. I'll be happy for the sport. The sport definitely deserves it. The move in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile was enough for me to sell me, uh, sell me and buy all the stock that I could with both hands. But, John, I'm absolutely going to be looking elsewhere. I can't say that Nyquist can be tossed out of the gimmicks, and, and I love Bob Stat on the Superfecta, which, you know, this is, a, this is a player's day. But for me, in the derby, I love a runner by the name of Moore Spirit, Gary Moneyman Stevens, or Bob Baffert. The last time they were in the 17 hole was with Point Given. There hasn't been a 17 post position winner yet. I don't believe any of that. Gary Stevens can win from the side parking lot or maybe in the grandstand in the third row. This guy (laughs) knows more about the track. He's actually one for one in the money at Churchill Downs. It was Kentucky Jockey Club. It was a beautiful race. I think more spirit is about as game as they come. Seven for seven in the money from seven starts. The only the only chink that I'm actually going to in the armor that I can find is it's a Pennsylvania bread. There hasn't been many, but you know what? Let's add one to the mix. What do you say?
2: Uh, why not? And you know, uh, sooner or later, every post position is going to go. Again, you mentioned uh, Smarty Jones. Uh, no, I mean uh, Big Brown. I believe he broke from the third, came in undefeated, and broke from the thirteen hole, didn't he?
1: You are correct, sir. And uh, who who rode uh, Big Brown?
2: Uh, A guy by the name of Kent DeSormo that could set history by winning the Kentucky Derby for his brother, Keith, on Exaggerator, a horse you better have on your ticket.
1: In fact, I will. Uh, Kent's won multiple derbies. This, is, this would be Keith's first derby horse in, in the big spotlight. I, he was all aglow during the post-position draw, and there was not a guy that I would be happier to see than the DeSormo brothers actually take it down. Wouldn't surprise me. The turn of foot in the Santa Anita Derby. But, John, I keep coming up and scratching my noggin. Is this a wet surface runner? Which I, I have the feeling this son of Curlin could probably run short on broken glass, but, and I have no doubts about Exaggerator, but I keep wondering, if, it, if, if the skies would open up, Exaggerator would be all over my tickets on very top.
2: We'll find out. I got to watch him train the other day. He looked awful good on a dry uh, main track. Okay, uh, got a little time left. Give me your live long shot. Live long shot?
1: You know, I'm going to go with a little runner, and I'm going to call him the troublemaker horse. He really didn't cause the trouble, only to himself, and that is the four Mo Tom. He run in the Louisiana Derby and the Risen Star, both checked badly at the 316th and the 8th pole. Checked, they both looked identical. He actually pinballed right off the rail a son of Uncle Mo. Now, I heard you speaking about Uncle Mo not being able to get a mile and a quarter or with you and bob it was kind of tossing it back and forth i'm in your corner john in in this uncle mo argument i believe this son of uncle mo mo tom has something very special tom amos is one of the better conditioners out there he's winning 32 percent on the year cory Lannery, as, as we well got to know the years at river downs is about as is about as fine as a rider as it possibly comes when he used to come up and steal all the stakes and the big plus for me, if you look on November 1 at Churchill Downs and the $80,000 street cents, you get extra points in my noggin if you've won over the Churchill surface, In this three-year-old Colt Mo, has. I think Motom, with a little cleaner trip and maybe a little less uh, hullabaloo, I think Motom can put their lights out.
2: All right, well, we got the long, live long shot and the regular picks of my man, Ed Meyer. I want to thank you. I want to thank Bob Albert roberts and Dan Illman for chiming in with us tonight. Uh, got some great analysis, and, Ed, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, this is going to be an exciting 48-plus hours for sure.
1: It sure will. And, John, very quickly, Get on to Winning Pony's site. They actually have a really cool handicapping contest. How do I know? My name's in there. Because it's really cool. It's free. There's a lot on the line there. And what a better way just to have a little fun and take a look at the product while you're there. I don't think you'll
2: be disappointed. Absolutely. 200 in cash and plenty of points giveaways away so you can get those easy win forms. Thanks, Ed Meyer, and thank you for listening. Remember, whether you play the Derby, the Oaks, or both cards, bet with your head, not over it.